going to talk at all about the um yes the the, the <laughs> apple plus the apple plus news yes <laughs> i think we have to <laughs> yeah i mean uh, uh <clears throat> all right <laughs> Somebody like shit your Wheaties today or something. <laughs> <laughs> that's, that's I've cool. been I've been a mood today. Like at work all day, everyone was like, "Why are you Why are you being such an asshole today?" And I'm just like, I don't know. I have no idea. Ugh. All right. <clears throat> I was described as being perpetually angry earlier. All right. Let's get this show on the road here. Uh, all right, and a three. <laughs> I don't even know why I'm laughing. Uh, three, two, one. Welcome back to the Kaiju Transmissions podcast. I am your co-host, Kyle Bird. And I'm Matt Parmley. And uh, we have uh, probably the two most predictable guest hosts, um, because they are pretty much always here at this point. Um, we have Kevin and Tom back with us. Welcome back, gentlemen. That's not the only way I'm predictable. Oh, what? <laughs> <laughs> what does that mean? Is that a sex joke? <laughs> I don't know what's going on. I'm, I'm very sleep-deprived. You got sleep-deprived Kevin. And, I think we all are. And then Bird, who's like the least excited about recording a podcast i think i've ever heard him in a while uh well it's about to like dump 15 inches of snow on me yeah that's gonna be fun um <clears throat> oh. it might dump it might dump about 15 millimeters on me of snow yeah yeah it's gonna hit texas and oklahoma and we're supposed to have we're supposed to have up to one inch of accumulation, which down here is like the apocalypse. <laughs> here, that's like Tuesday. I... Does, does that mean like the power grid in Texas is going to fail again? That it's possible. <laughs> yeah, we're we're supposed to get like half inch of ice and eight inches of snow, and it'll be it'll be fine. I'm sure. One of my one of my friends at work was trying to sell me on a. Uh, a a dead man switch for my generator for when the power goes out. And I was like, a dead man switch? That that doesn't sound so and he's like, well it's also called a widow's whip. And I was like, that's getting worse. <laughs> um I don't want anything with dead or widow or you know kill <laughs> to be a thing that I am messing around with when there's electricity involved. No. Um, all right. Well, uh, actually, uh, Kevin, I want to kind of shout out uh, your podcast, the Mazer Patrol podcast. Um, your most recent one is Ultraman Trigger, which, first of all, thank you for doing that because I wasn't. We weren't. That's not. That wasn't going to happen here. Um, that, that might have been part of the uh, decision. <laughs> I I I I got maybe four episodes in to that one, and I I can't I I couldn't do it. It's like life's too short. I I can't, I can't be doing this. <laughs> it's early, <laughs> but 
I would recommend people also check out the uh, the show you did with um, John Bellotti, the artist, um, who who is a mutual friend uh, about just uh, the recent convention drama and, uh, and just the history of of foolishness in conventions around this fandom. Um, it's not just dealing with the artist alley stuff, but just just in general. It was very well done. Yeah, that was a that was a, a good conversation that we had. You guys, you guys didn't let either side off the hook either, <laughs> which is what I liked. You know, it was just you know the a plea for everyone to just be normal. <laughs> <laughs> um. Anyway, deaf ears mostly. Well, yes, as, as it does. Um, you know, I, 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 this is probably not going to be the longest episode, so we, we can, uh, we can start with a little news, uh, news roundup. Um, I guess the the big news is the uh, untitled Godzilla and other Titans <laughs> live action television series. On Apple Plus, um, I would watch it if it had that title. <laughs> <laughs> the best title since the uh, Washington Football Team. I, I know. I just like we have maybe two people that probably understood that. Um, I think. I think we started hearing rumblings of a MonsterVerse series probably shortly after Godzilla vs Kong came out. Um. And a lot of the fans were like, oh, they should do, like, an Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. thing with Monarch. Um, And the synopsis sounds a lot like King of the Monsters. It's like a family of people that, I don't know, have some sort of connection with with Monarch. And they uh, follow monsters around, essentially. I guess, I don't know, I I saw people making a big deal out of uh, the characters being Japanese, as if that's like proof that this is like gonna be great or something, but I don't know. Mm-hmm. Uh, and it takes place between 2014 and King of the Monsters, which is like the most boring time you can set <laughs> set this. Yeah, <laughs> that's a, you know. I mean, could it be fun? It, uh, it I could mean, be. Sure, why not? Maybe right, but like, uh, I would just temper your expectations right like like i hope it's fun and i hope it's good i think either way i'm expecting something that has you know uh moments of monster action here and there with maybe a final episode or two that has a lot of it um I could see it going either that way. And I think I'm not sure if that would be my preferred of like a long form serialized story or if I would rather have it. I think I would rather have like a mini monster of the week, like almost an ultra Q type of thing. I think that would be really cool. Um, that would that would if we found out that's what it was, that would give me my biggest. That hope would be like without Godzilla, ad- though. It would be like a new monster care. every week. Well, well, you know these people. <laughs> <laughs> there, there's a there's a whole roster of creatures in the 
monsterverse or whatever that seem like they have stories attached to them but and, they, the, and they yeah and they the don't have to you can get with them and they, and they don't have to pay toho an arm and a leg for those either so yeah um, i would i mean that would be that would be my preferred <clears throat> approach would be like an ultra q-esque you know monster of the week give me like three to five minutes of that monster doing something and i don't know these people have to put it back to sleep or whatever because <laughs> you know I mean, yeah whatever um and you could have like a long running sub story that becomes the finale about godzilla i don't know swimming around yeah i i don't i don't know how much i like the idea of it being like another family you know uh, like a mom and a dad and kids and stuff it seems like somebody got the idea that that's that's what Godzilla should be, and I don't. I, yeah, I don't know. I I, I feel and I yeah. Mean, where I, the hell did that come from? I don't know. Is I think I, is it is it still the Stranger Things influence lingering over everybody? I don't know. I mean, that, that wouldn't have been the case in 2014. Like <laughs> that's true. Give me, yeah. a, give me a reporter. <laughs> yeah. Like. And that's, I don't understand how, whatever, I mean, it could, it could be good, whatever. I just don't understand, like, this is, this is set in between 2014 and King of the Monsters. That seems like the perfect opportunity to have, like, the main character or characters be, like, a reporter or a team of reporters that's trying to figure out, like, what this shadow agency has been hiding all these years. Right. No, you get a family. (laughs) um interestingly warner brothers is not involved um which i don't know i i see the pr spin at work and i'm i don't know i'm a little skeptical (laughs) that warner brothers would just be like yeah we have this streaming service that has all these big shows on it now, and, uh, you know, we we don't want Godzilla and Kong, uh, you know, go take, like, I, I, I or, or the, oh, what, what was the spin? that it, Apple was the highest bidder on it or something? Yeah, the spin was that Legendary's agreement for first look rights, which translates to, like, um, not allowed to get other bids necessarily is only on movies which i i'm hesitant to believe that in the first place (laughs) um because you would think that these multi-billion dollar companies making agreements in the 20 teens you know would um would consider streaming and such right but the the spin was like oh legendary and warner only have to cooperate on movies and so legendary was allowed to go out for bids and apple jumped at this because they want to beef up their platform and and that i think it sounds more likely that warner brothers is uh about to slide king of the monsters off of uh hbo max um they are considering sliding some of their other godzilla movies off they are just like, yeah, we spent a lot of money on that, and it made us a little. Let's just like quietly, kind of who cares? Step anymore. away from it. 
And I'm, I'm not saying that it's necessarily them being like, oh, this thing is cancer or poison. Get it away from us. I think it's just probably been more money than it's worth on return for them. If, if they were interested, it would be on me. I mean, like the, the Duna uh, television series that they're doing is going to max. You know, I, and that's a legendary thing. I, I think if they were interested, they would have been like, yeah, sure. But, you know, we have other things going on. <laughs> I wonder how much of the the drama from previously when the, the whole deal went down with the Max initially. Yeah. Um, yeah, I'm not sure how that was negotiated. And I don't know if I don't know if maybe the Dune series was part. I, I, I think Dune is kind of where they're what they're looking at now and uh, but yeah i wonder if you know the dune series was part of some negotiation there i don't know all i know is that it's going to be weird that we have movies made with warner brothers a live action series made with apple and an animated series with kong with is it powerhouse kevin the the castlevania guys uh, I don't remember something the name like of that, but and that's a, going to Netflix. Yeah, and that's on Netflix. Studio in Texas that calls itself anime, <laughs> and and that's on <laughs> Netflix. So that's that's like three. Uh, that's three. The the this fran this franchise now has three home base like studios, which is kind yeah. of which is crazy, and it's already a fragmented, nightmarish franchise. In, you know, in its back catalog too. <laughs> yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, but I don't know. We'll we'll see. I I I hope it's good. Whether it's great or not, I'm sure people will act insane about it. How does that still keep happening? What right in in this day and age, where like if people are like, oh, I want to watch all the Marvel movies. All right, get yourself some Disney Plus and sit down for 35 hours. You know, um, oh, I want to watch all the, I don't know. Lord of the Rings is on HBO Max, mm-hmm. right? I want to watch all the Lord of the Rings everything. Yeah, get yourself some tubs of popcorn and, and call in sick to work and throw on HBO Max. Oh, I want to watch all the Godzilla the movies. Oh. things on Amazon, though? What's that? <laughs> Maybe. <laughs> I, I, I thought one of the Lord of the Rings was coming to Amazon or something. Oh, I don't know. but, but There's you know, a series oh, they're doing. Oh, I want to watch all the Godzilla movies. All right, well, get yourself some Crackle, some yeah. Netflix. Get this some box HBO set. Max, yeah, get this out of Criterion. Print <laughs> this box set. Uh, find that one random one off. Uh, <laughs> uh, King Kong versus Godzilla. That's owned by Universal, right? Is that one going to be on like Peacock, Peacock or yeah, something? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and it's just like the hammer horror movies or oh god yeah movies. hammer hammer is a freaking madhouse to get the, the those rights uh are are everywhere um but yeah the the article did confirm that they are still uh trying to get another movie off the ground which i'm assuming is a probably i could see that still being warner brothers involved in uh <clears throat> and uh, I know that you know there were the the rumors of doing a, a Kong movie next, um, which uh, we were saying it w- would be hilarious if Warner Brothers and Legendary keep making Kong movies and Godzilla's just on this like B tier <laughs> Apple Plus <laughs> thing for all time. 
What I was surprised about was how many people were, A, A hadn't heard of Apple Plus, and B, were like, I'm not gonna, I'm not gonna watch it. Or I'm not gonna, well, <laughs> I'm, I'm I not. I was surprised I, how many people were like, I bet this only <laughs> works on your iPhone. <laughs> <laughs> Um. But yes, yes. They launched a whole streaming platform that only works on iPhone. <laughs> <laughs> um. No, the uh, the uh, Apple Plus. I mean, I don't. These people just get mad and don't look at anything. But Apple Plus is five dollars a month, which you know, let's say there's ten episodes. And you know that's that's probably the price of a, a single movie trip to the movies, you know. You know, just cancel. And and well, if your first month is a trial, you're paying for like it's like six bucks, five bucks <laughs> to watch this thing that you hashtagged the hell out of. Continue the monsterverse. Continue the monsterverse. And then they continue it, and everyone's like, "What?" Not like that. <laughs> well, and, and well, that's another thing is you know I mean you, you just you know you can uh, you know you can put off that new X Plus toy for for a month. You'll be okay. Does it does it count as a continuation if it's an interquel though? Oh, is that a word now? I have heard it used. Oh well, in an interquel. Yeah, it's not uh, grammatically correct. It's just something that adds so much to the lore. (laughs) (laughs) Please don't give this fandom ideas, Tom. Just please. Give me a whole. Give me a sweet behemoth arc. That's all I want. I will be happy. I'm gonna be pumped if every episode, except for like maybe the last one. Is just them being like, "Oh, what's Godzilla doing?" And like, "Oh, he's just swimming around," and like, that's it. <laughs> um, I personally, I'm, I'm really happy to see uh, Chris Black as showrunner, just because I associate his like. I'm sure he's done stuff that is like not campy schlock, but when I think of the things that he has done, it's like Xena and Enterprise and Reaper and kind of like stuff that doesn't take itself very seriously and if it goes to the tone of one of those things then i'll be i'll be down for that the other guys uh he also worked on mad men so that that is quite the polar and then then the other guy uh is a a comic book guy that is really well liked. yeah that fraction uh hawkeye was a big hit recently so he's on top of the world um is Pacific Rim the Black coming back this year, or what? What's that? What? Where's Netflix the? Never says when stuff is coming back. Uh, yeah, that's true. <laughs> Find out like a week beforehand. Um. All right, let's talk about these rats. <laughs> <laughs> um. So I, I guess we should probably start by talking about the rat movie that was not made which was giant horde beast nezera which i don't know i i, I feel like the story has kind of gotten around these days but uh as legend has it before gamera in 1963 
Um, Daye's, uh, idea to get into the giant monster boom was, uh, this movie about a horde of giant rats, um, uh, also inspired by, um, the Daye president seeing the birds and deciding they should go with, uh, a more everyday kind of animal. Um, uh, I have... Our good buddy John LeMay's Lost Films book in front of me. Uh, this is uh, a condensed plot summary for Giant Horde Beast Nezera. On the island of Sasashima, south of Tokyo, Mikami Space Food Research Institute is developing a new high-calorie superfood source called X602. However, anyone who consumes the new food suffers horrible side effects which cause mutation and the project is shut down this doesn't stop the local rat population from consuming it though and soon giant rats begin attacking people and cattle on the island when one of the rats is found dead and autopsized that's a a word i've never used before it is learned x602 is the cause the island is sprayed with poison gas but many of the rats manage to swim to tokyo where they overrun the city among the horde is even a bigger mammoth-sized rat called nezera in the end the rats <clears throat> with their voracious appetites devour each other neutralizing the threat so here's uh here's the deal um apparently they wanted to use puppet rats and decided to go for something more realistic, so they got the bright idea to use real rats, um, which uh, they just got off the street, because, you know, that's a normal thing to do. Um, And uh, they even had a campaign where they would pay 50 yen for people to bring rats that they found to the studio. Um... And then uh, a a series of uh, insane things uh, ensues from there. Uh, The rats are painted black, uh, and they lick the dye off their hair constantly. Um, They can't. The they have a hard time getting the rats to move, so they try things like running an electric current through the miniature set, and so on and so forth. but, uh, again, these are wild rats, so eventually there's an outbreak of fleas, ticks, lice, um, the rats start to eat each other, like, in real life, not in the movie, <laughs> um, and, uh, uh, eventually the, uh, they, they, it was just too much of a problem, um, neighboring businesses and, uh and stuff were protesting and saying that um you know the it's 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 having an impact on their daily life um uh the chief special effects uh assistant director Shinsuke Kojima um was uh chairman of the health union um he shut the movie down uh, they did film about 3,000 feet of film, um, so, uh, which, uh, uh, there's about, uh, 20 minutes yeah. shot, yeah. um, which apparently there's a rumor that, uh, Noriaki Yuasa, who, uh, cut, um, 
who was cutting a trailer for it. Um, uh, he he he'd shown that footage to people privately. I'm not sure how much truth there is, and he's dead, so we can't ask him. Um, <clears throat> anyway, uh, that is uh, the life and quick death of giant horde beast Nezra. There's a lot of stills and stuff out there. Um, uh, Yuasa said the footage, uh, wasn't very convincing, um, and, uh, it just sounds like it was just a doomed project all along, um, and, uh... It seems like it wouldn't have been very good. No, uh, I, I mean, this is, this is full-on, like, Burt I. Gordon kind of <laughs> filmmaking, and, um, I, I definitely don't think it would have struck the kind of nerve to launch a franchise like Gamera did. Um, uh, and, uh, allegedly a lot of the, the miniatures and, and things that were built were used for Gamera. Um, but yeah, there's a lot of stills. Uh, there's some pictures of the, the big, uh, puppet rat that's about three feet, um, that, that you can find online. Um, I, this is a pretty well-known story within, Kai, the kaiju fandom at this point but um uh i left out the most grim detail uh saving it for last of course um but that is that um <clears throat> uh the rats were ordered to be burned alive and disposed of that way um so uh rest in peace our our little friends um, that's Nezra. <clears throat> so, uh, today we are talking about the recent movie, Nezra 1964, which is a dramatic retelling of that story I just told you, and a completely unrelated movie, although people really like to insist that they're related, called Nezula the Rat Monster from the early 2000s. Um, which of these is most appropriate to talk about first? Probably segue into 64 first. Okay. That's also the thing more yeah. people are going to care about. Okay. Um, so Nezula 64 is directed by Hiroto Yokokawa from his, uh, his company 3Y... Um, he, uh, is following up the very bizarre, uh, Great Buddha arrival, um, with this, and I don't think I need to really <laughs> break down the plot, because it's pretty much what I just told you. Um, there's some other little bits and pieces thrown in, um, that I'm, I'm sure we can discuss, um, but, uh, I remember, oh, uh, this is going to be a sort of, kind of, sort of comedic retelling of this story. <clears throat> so I was looking forward to it. I really liked Great Buddha. Um, and then, uh, this was, you know, put out just recently on Blu-ray. So it was like, I was looking forward to, to checking this out, um... I guess I could, I don't know, I guess we're, we're moving at a pretty good pace here, so I'll, I'll just kind of give my takeaways 
first. Um, it's a very short movie. I mean, it's it's you. Some people could probably even call it a short film. It's under an hour. It's fifty four minutes, which in a, that's fine. I don't I don't think that's really a problem. Um, uh, but I will say, I think the movie is fine, but I really don't think it leaned into the craziness of that story the way that I would have hoped. Um, uh, you know, I, I, you know, like Kevin said, I, you know, this, this could have been like an Ed Wood kind of movie, but it's, it's, it, it plays a lot of this really straight faced and matter of factly. Um, and like a story, this crazy, should should lean more into a more i don't know if i want to say satirical but it it should it should really lean into the absurdity of the the situation and i i didn't really feel like it quite did that um and it has some of the kind of low budget amateurish filmmaking that great buddha had but i, I great buddha just exceeds in originality in a way that makes it a little easier to overlook where where here it's like I don't know, I guess a little more, uh, it sticks out a little more. Um, but I've been talking an awful lot, so I I, I want to kind of let one of you guys uh, chime in and, and take the discussion from here. I think it's a lot more of a coherent movie than Great Buddha well, Arrival. Yes. <laughs> but it's not, it's not as ambitious, like it doesn't quite feel as, like I don't know entirely what, great Buddha arrival is going for but it feels like it's it's kind of pulling on a lot of um ponderous uh topics whereas this feels more just kind of a like a recap of, of the narrative with a little sprinkling of you know um subtext that we can go into here and there um i wonder if you know this was a crowdfunded piece and maybe I I don't know if there were thoughts of things that they could have done more of that they had more funding or or they kind of did the bare minimum or what the deal is there because yeah a lot of stuff is just kind of like glossed over and, and plot points just kind of come out of nowhere without much build supposedly up. the but the, the I I don't have a hard confirmation but but supposedly the budget was about thirty thousand dollars. Mm-hmm. So, I mean, take that for what it is. Uh, yeah, a lot of these, uh, the performers in it are kind of veterans of the Gamera franchise, so I don't know how, um, <laughs> what, whether uh, some of them would have been willing to, you know, kind of just for, for funsies uh, put in more time or if they would, you know, have kind of strict uh, restrictions on their, uh, you know, shooting hours or whatever. Yeah. So this movie comes to us on Blu-ray from SRS Cinemas. And I, I as the kids say, I stand SRS. <laughs> um, I did a quick inventory before I before we recorded and i own 12 
of their, uh, I guess, kaiju or kaiju adjacent or just Asian film releases. I own Rago, Raiga, Oga versus Raiga, Attack of the Giant Teacher, Day of Destruction, Great Buddha Arrival, The Idol, Howl from Beyond the Fogs, Legend of the Stardust Brothers, this, Monster Seafood Wars, and War of the God Monsters. This was one of the top two or three that I was looking forward to getting. Um, Howl from Beyond the Fog, I remember seeing the rough cut at G-Fest and, and being, you know, that, that was number one. And that's probably the best of that list that I just read. Um, but I was really looking forward to this because of Great Buddha Arrival. It, like you guys mentioned, Great Buddha Arrival is a lot less focused. Um, and that comes through in a myriad of ways. There's there's less being, not less, there's, it's less clear what the the attempt is with Great Buddha, like what they're going for, what they're trying to say. And the cameos are super distracting. Um, it's, it's that weird cameo vehicle. And this, you know, has some named people popping up and things like that, but it doesn't have those weird moments where you're just like, Oh, this is just a a cameo to to (laughs) throw another name into the movie. Like, (laughs) but there's such a lack of the, kineticism and energy and just unbridled creativity that is great buddha i mean when 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 they announced this i was like it's it sounds super similar in concept to great buddha arrival with the lost movie kind of thing yeah right it's an it's it's a it's a meta Meta sequel, reboot, prequel, all of the above to a movie that was lost. Um, or in this case, never made. In Great Buddha's case, you know, was lost due to the fire bombings of, in World War II. But I mean, it's a super similar like premise. But this one just. And, I, and, and it, it's weird. It, it, it feels like it was made by a different filmmaker. It does. Um, <laughs> And and it's crazy too because uh, Yokokawa also did the 2019 short um, Godzilla film for the Gemstone contest uh, that that's like about Silent a Spring, guy yeah, yeah. yeah it's about a guy like accidentally you know finding a hetero, hetero essentially yeah, yeah. Um, and it's I mean it's just a short it's only five minutes long and you know we can't understand any of the dialogue but it like, still has that like weird like atmosphere yes. though like it has a weird yes. atmosphere to it and this lacks that this this is just so much more straightforward and so much more uh, boring <laughs> uh this it's it's just a really reserved for the most part you you do get some bits of weirdness of like or like kitschiness with like the song at the end and, and stuff like that but it it's basically a, a, a very straightforward, uh, reserved, like, first-person point of view. You have this, like, cameraman who's basically documenting the whole thing from start to finish and kind of giving you some monologuing throughout. And, like, it's not without its charm because I think there's some fun stuff that they do with, when, like, when they're showing the rats and kind of, like, what goes in with the miniatures. But 
it, it doesn't have enough of the same kind of energy that you would expect from the guy that made the great Pluto arrival. And I think it lacks like that surrealness that you get from that movie. Like there's a lot of things they could have leaned into. I mean, bird kind of talked about like the rats eating each other and how bad everything was. And this, it makes it feel like, well, the, the rats had fleas and they don't talk about it much and they keep producing the movie and then they actually get a protest. And that's what ends up being. It's just kind of like stuff just happens and it comes to a natural conclusion. And, and then you get the song at the end, and that's how the movie kind of plays out. And it, uh, there, there's, and I think its biggest strength is that it is short. It, it's a really quick watch, so it doesn't overstay its welcome. Mm-hmm. But it's not something I would revisit. When I popped this in, and the menu had the 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 song that plays over the opening credits. That's that. It's it's like an acapella version. The best way to describe it, if you've not seen the movie or you know haven't. I don't know if, if this is up on YouTube, honestly. So if you can't listen to it, the best way for me to think of to describe it is it's an acapella version of like the Godzilla theme, except it's tweaked so that it's, you know, legally different from the Godzilla theme. Yeah. And and they're chanting Nezera. And it's Nezera, Nezera. And like when that played on the on the on the on the the menu when i popped this in i was like oh we are in for another wild ride <laughs> and and even the beginning of the movie the beginning of the movie starts with the guy lighting the box on fire and um and hotaru who plays the dai ceo sees a vision of like a giant rat beast like threatening him or something and you think like oh okay i know where this is gonna go like there's going to be like a really bad set. They're going to light the monster. They're going to light the, the fake monster rats on fire and somehow create a monster rat. No, nothing, <laughs> nothing, nothing that interesting happens at all. Yeah, I. I th- for me, it's like the the making of this movie is so crazy that. You you could. You know, it, well, it, and that's the other thing. The thing about Great Buddha that we don't say enough is that it it's actually like when it's in, when there's like intentional comedy in it, it the the comedy is actually like pretty funny. Like the whole bit with uh Hotaru and like the jet powered bike or whatever. Bike? Yeah. Like <laughs> so so like seeing Buddha and not only being like oh this was like really weird, <laughs> but it's also funny. And then hearing that this was going to be this guy's next movie, it was like, oh my god, this is like perfect. This, this should be like peanut butter and jelly. This should be like Ed Wood, like like I said a few times, Ed Wood for you know the the tokusatsu kaiju genre. Um, but instead, yeah, it's just a very straightforward, straight faced, just retelling, a broad retelling of the story that I said at the beginning of the episode. Um, it's like, if you, if you know the story already, there's almost no reason to watch it. it like, there's nothing more to chew on aside from and it, this happens. It's super, it's super weirdly makes it seem like it, it makes it feel like the way this movie kind of plays itself out, it makes it feel like they had enough footage of the live rats anyways and could have just finished it 
like like the story of this movie they're getting a lot of good shots of the live rats they're pretty happy when they get the the wild ones that they're acting a little crazier a little zanier they've got like 30 minutes of rat footage and they're even starting to film the more tokusatsu aspects of the movie with like a a costume and a, a stuffed rat and things like that and you're like so then like the way this movie plays out you think well why did they never just shoot the human scenes and finish the damn movie <laughs> well they make it sound like it's just they almost make it sound like it's just because protesters showed up yeah like it's <laughs> a disaster or something um but yeah i uh i can't help but feel a little underwhelmed and you know i mentioned um just uh i guess you know it having a a little bit more of an amateurish kind of feel um which i mean i don't really care about that i mean you know and it's a small multi-thousand dollar movie with you know shot on probably just more basic kind of consumer stuff you know i get it you know that that's why you know some of the stuff in movies like great buddha you know i'm i'm like okay you know yeah this you know is about as visually interesting as like a soap opera or whatever but whatever i get it but uh i feel like that was actually done a little more harm with the black and white this being in black and white um and and at the beginning it's like it's does okay like they apply some filters to make it look kind of like i'm sure they're just kind of like generic filters in most editing programs but it, you know it, it's it 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 evokes like an old timey kind of look but then when it goes to straight black and white it just looks like um shit right and it, <laughs> well, and, and i know um i've t- i've talked about this like uh with with people um like off air but uh you know there there's Ever since Frank Darabont did that uh, version of The Mist that's in black and white, every now and then, you know, a movie will get, like, a black and white cut. And, um, like, Logan did it. um, And uh, right now... um, Fury Road did it. Yeah, Fury Road did it. Right now, Guillermo del Toro's uh, movie Nightmare Alley is getting a a small re-release in theaters in black and white. And uh, I think think The Mist looks great in black and white. Logan... Not so much. Uh, I didn't check out Fury Road, um, and um, I saw Nightmare Alley in color, but I I was listening to Guillermo del Toro on a podcast talking about doing the black and white version of Nightmare Alley, and he said, like, color grading black and white footage, he said, is, like, way harder than color grading a color movie, because... There's more shades and contrast and, like, um, you know, texture depth and stuff that you really have to, like, obsess over when doing black and white. And I think a lot of these guys that do the black and white thing, whether it's Yokokawa here or whether it's uh, Fox doing Logan, I don't know that everyone really... It feels like some of these black and white you know, uh, films are just like, oh, we're just going to flip a switch from color to black and white. 
And it's like, that's not how, you're not going to make an authentic looking black and white film. And that's how I, I felt when I watched Logan in black and white. I was like, the this is not the same as how The Mist did it. And when I watched this, it was like, yeah, this guy just flipped <laughs> flipped his camera from color to black and white. And you can tell. And I, I think that it makes it feel even cheaper than it would have had it would would had it would be in, been in well, color i i think that if if you're not gonna really take the time to invest in making black and white look good i don't think you should do it is the, the too long the don't mist, read version of this darabont <laughs> intended the mist to be black and white like while he was making it so he made a lot of conscious choices in terms of things like set deck and costume design and things like that with the intention of the movie being in black and white. Um, so, so beyond the, the, you know, beyond color grading and things like that, you have to have the intent to do it from, from the beginning, um, <clears throat> which they might have here, but then they didn't apply that to the color grading part but like that's what that's the fault of that's where logan falls short as it didn't it didn't intend to be black yeah. and white in the, in the first place but but beyond that even and I, I was glad i was glad um that we were in our offline chat and our buddy jared mentioned the term because otherwise it would have driven it it would have just driven me crazy not knowing what to call it but the edge enhancement mm, yeah that's done in this movie w- and if you don't know what that is, because I didn't know what that is until a name was put to it, it's look at the edges of basically any object that is on the screen, like especially people. It has this weird. The edges of things become like doubled up. Whenever you're looking, it looks like it really looks like garbage. I'm sorry. It, and it, it at certain times, it's very distracting. Um, and it, it just. It saps, I don't know, it, it saps, it saps further enjoyment from the movie. And it makes, it, it makes some of the shots that could have been kind of neat and, and interesting. Like there's some, there's some really cool stuff done. Like the, during the credits, we get to see a lot of those shots play out as they were filmed in color and things. And they look good. <laughs> <laughs> they look better. Yeah. Um, and and it it's it it makes the movie more frustrating there's there's a lot of moments like that even with the filmmaking too like um at one point the the special effects director gets so frustrated that the movie is is you know being shut down he smashes one of the miniature buildings on set and it's just just a thing that just happens in the movie and then in the, in the credits they show it as if it was filmed like in the style of a kaiju movie yeah i don't know why they wouldn't why they that should have been the take that they put in the in the movie that's so much more interesting and there's there's just things like that throughout this like little moments um like the giant rat monster appearing in front of otaru in the beginning where you could have you don't have to have a giant rat rampage but if you kind of make it seem like there's this maybe specter of a giant rat kind of hanging over the production uh, and you just tease that along a little bit just so that there's something 
something happening in the background, <laughs> you know? <laughs> There's there's all these moments and opportunities for this movie to to go down a rabbit hole and, and, and chase its own tail and things like that. Like the great and I'm saying that as a positive thing, like the Great Buddha Arrival does. Like at one point, the Great Buddha Arrival just goes on like a five to ten minute tangent with with Buddhist monks chanting in a in a cemetery <laughs> with with gravestones and stuff, and it becomes like this weird David Lynch horror movie for a few minutes. And that's awesome. Yeah, I would. Yeah, because I would rather see him make wild swings like that than to not. <laughs> he just he teases them for like a for like an instant or two here, and then just drops them, and it's it's weird. It, it the whole thing is just weird. <laughs> it's it's and it's not long enough to be irritating or aggravating or boring, but it, it's just also not engaging enough to be good or enjoyable it's it sits in a weird nebulous sort of zone and it you know even in in terms of like the srs releases it's not even one where i'd like it's not like a conga tnt or a um uh, or a raiga versus oga where i say if hey if you buy it i've warned you (laughs) (laughs) uh it's your fault um and it, it's also not like a howl from beyond the fog where you're like, everyone should be friggin' buying this. <laughs> uh, it's in that weird nebulous sort of zone with like attack of the giant teacher or, uh, I don't know, maybe, maybe like war of the God monsters where you're like, eh. if you're really interested and you want to support like a small little monster seafood wars, eh. I can't. I can't recommend it or condemn it. It just <laughs> it exists. It exists, and it 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 has a beginning, a middle, and an end. <laughs> I wonder if some of the reason why it came out the way that it was is that it was made with kind of Katakawa's approval, and if maybe there were different plans at some point. Just because when I think about how you know, as as an armchair uh, storyteller, like, well, you know, I would have had the electric shocks in and the mm-hmm. dying of the rats. And, you know, when they discover the fleas, you could do that in a more interesting way and things like that. And maybe maybe the studio was like, ooh, that that would make us look bad. But I You know, because I, I knew that katakawa had kind of had their shoulder or uh, they were kind of like watching over their shoulder before i like put it in i was thinking like i wonder if they're actually gonna show like them burning the rats because that's probably the most controversial thing here and then that's like the first scene i was like oh i guess not but you're right yeah i mean when they like i don't know the they the discovering the fleas isn't you know there there's it's almost like there's a miniature uh, a mini montage of like the things going wrong and that's like a few minutes and then they go to the protesters and then it's like oh we're done <laughs> yeah it's like the protesters are the real issue not the production issues that <laughs> really shut it down <laughs> they poop all over the place too oh they do they do get a poop joke rats will do that that's um and it, you know that's i mean again that's 
it's weird because some of that I I think I'd be more forgiving of of that, more forgiving of the lack of biting satire or condemnation of animal cruelty and things like that. I'd be more forgiving of those things if the filmmaking then was as just interesting as it could be at times, right? Like if if it just at times played like it was showing us the movie version of things, you know, um, things like that, like, like you have that moment where the dude destroys the, 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 the miniature building. If you did that in the Kaiju style, or you had, you know, some of the moments that are in the move that are, you know, of the rats and things, if you showed those in the style that they would have shown in the movie, like there's, there's a lot of interesting filmmaking decisions they could have made and didn't really make any of them. Yeah, there, there is some fun, like if you do kind of know the history, it, there there is some fun stuff that they do. Obviously they can't, um, they can't use probably certain names of companies or people, but, um, uh, you have Shiro Sano showing up as basically A.G. Tsuburaya, who he, like, I know he's, like, older now than he was when he was in, you know, Godzilla 2000 or whatever, but he really does look like A.G. Tsuburaya now. He, does, yeah. <laughs> he looks exactly like him. And then uh, Ben Furuya, who, you know, people know he's... Uh, in the Ultraman suit, and then he played one of the um, the team members in Ultra Seven. He's uh, there is Hajime Subaraya, and they they. I, I think it's the other way around. Is it? Furuya is way older than Sano. Sano looks older. <laughs> uh-huh. Maybe it is. Well, if it is, they f- fucked that up too. Um, anyway, my point is, <laughs> it's interesting to see. Um, you know, I guess the, this kind of fictionalized version of, you know, the Tsuburayas talking about, you know, how they, they, they see all this potential in the future of television and, and all this stuff. Um, you know, that, that, that's probably one of the more interesting things about it is like when it does take like a little break from the, the Nezera piece to kind of be like, oh, meanwhile, um, Subaraya and his son are talking about like forming a production company and their this new show Miracle Q um <laughs> Ultra Q obviously but uh that's I found that stuff to be more interesting than um you know a lot of the the story cuz the other stuff is just the story we all know Yeah and there's there's kind of a little bit of a of a meta Thing that's going on there is they're they're talking about like ah uh, the 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 death of cinema as they're coming in with their new television series and that's I think <laughs> the same narrative that we're kind of getting right now of like oh we're just not going to be movie theaters anymore in the future and so on and so forth yeah which I think this movie was before COVID but I mean even before COVID I mean everyone knew streaming is you know that's that's where m- uh, most stuff is gonna be seen covid just kind of like press the fast forward button on it yeah and in the same sequence uh mock Fumiyaki, uh she she well well she's she plays a um protester that's, a, that's shutting down nezerla but she kind of is giving this impassioned plea of like i love die movies i want to see die make 
good movies again in the future. And I feel like that's also kind of like some commentary. <laughs> <laughs> well, Dae has stopped and started many times. Uh, she's the, um, she was the, the, the alien superhero lady in uh, Super Monster, right? Yeah. Yeah. She looks like almost exactly the same. She yeah, sings the song too, right? Yeah, yeah. Then, that's that's one of the best parts of the movie. <laughs> she was a wrestler, wasn't she? Isn't that like what she's famous for? Yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, we also have uh, uh, the uh, the guy that played um, the kid in uh, the original Gamera. He um, he shows up in this as well as the uh, the special effects director. Um, yeah, the the model maker, right? Like he's making the suit. Uh, the kid. What was the? What's that kid's name? Um, I only know him as what was it? I only know him as Kenny. <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> to- Toshio, right? Yeah, yeah, that's right. Yeah, Toshio. Um, yeah, Toshio. Uh, uh, the the kid. The, the he's in here. Um. Uh, he yeah, was he in the, Buddha too, wasn't he? He plays the model man. Yeah, yeah. Does. He was in Buddha as the guy that tells the story about the Buddha catching him. Also. Um. But yeah, he's the, the guy that Yoshiro uh, Uchida. Yeah, yeah. He he's uh the model maker, and and I do kind of you know it was fun like that like little second he had where he's like you know they're trying to come up with monsters and he's like how about this giraffe thing and this elephant thing and. Um. Uh, yeah, that's that's like a moment where the movie comes to life. Yeah, you know? I mean, yeah, stuff like that. It, it, there, there, there's little bits of it there that you know seem to to kind of have little little sparks. Um, Norman, Norman England yep, pops up in the background. Yep, Nor- Norman is, uh, I guess, Schmidt. one of the yeah, he's uh, one of the Western <laughs> actors, and he he has the the giant rat, and then the 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 um, the giant Nezera was a, a mocap um, played by Akira Ohashi, who he was Gamera in Gamera Two, he was Iris in Gamera Three, um, he was King Ghidra in GMK. Um, and uh he uh he did some work in uh in Zerum. Um so he's he's kinda been around a he little did some, bit too. Some stunt work in uh Megagiris also. Yeah. Um so yeah, the the list of I guess, of cameos is not nearly as long or distracting as, as Buddha. <laughs> um because Buddha I, there's a, a couple that, you know, leave them in there. They're they're there for a reason and then there's a lot of them that are just like now we gotta go to this guy you know sitting in his house (laughs) (laughs) yeah that that's one of the things that i'd say this has an advantage of over over buddha but overall i mean i don't know it's not bad enough that i would say oh this is like a what's the sophomore slump or whatever i i i i i just i hope that um I don't know. I, I feel like it didn't quite just it, it, conceptually. This this movie is perfect, but it it just leaves a lot to be desired. I don't. It. I just don't think it leans into its premise or its potential enough. At the end of the day, 
the but, uh, the actress was in Gamera the Brave as a little girl also. Oh, okay. So it's a uh, it's it's a Gamera uh, homage the whole way through. Hmm. Um, Which uh, yeah, people people do ask about. Oh, well, is there a Gamera nod in? Yes, yeah. there is, but one uh, of the better creative things in the movie. Yeah. Oh yeah. The Gamera nod, though, is also, um, I don't know, I liked that it's not a turtle. You know, I mean, that's yeah. just so, that would have been so obvious if it ended with, oh, a guy seeing a turtle. Or the often uh, repeated, uh, I guess, lore of, you know, being in a plane and imagining a, a flying turtle. You know, I, I like that they didn't do either of those things. Lore? Um, did you say lore? I did say lore, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Gamera's no, official origin story is the ripoff of Godzilla's official yes. origin story. <laughs> it's only I, I like that. I I forgot about that. That that is a really cool moment right there. Yeah, where they're you know, it's like a firecracker or something. Yeah, it, it it's a really really cool. Like, it might be the most. It might be the the most earnest moment in the entire movie. Um, where you got. Uh, you've got Yokijiro, Yukojiro, Hotaru, as the CEO of Dae, kind of trying to trying to put on a brave face and and keep spirits high after Nezara has failed. Um, and he sits down with the guy he's had documenting the experiment experience. And he's like, hey, look, look at this box of, I don't know, old shit I had lying around. <laughs> and 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 he, he pulls out a firecracker and he's like, let's have, you know, let's have a, a little laugh. You know? And he lights the firecracker and like, ha ha ha. Like, it's like this, it's this nice little moment between two characters that is one of the only moments in the movie that, that humanizes any of the characters, really. Um... And yeah, then he he kind of it's it's a firecracker. What do they call it? Like like a, a wild mouse or something like that, or a, a UFO or something. Yeah, it's, I think uh, they, they call it a, a mouse, uh, which is why they choose that firecracker, right? Yeah, and in the in the U.S., I think we call those like we have similar ones like that. That they're called like UFOs. You light it and it spins for like five seconds. Um. And then, yeah, he, he sees that and he's like, oh, what about a, something that spins around like a UFO? And It's neat. It's a neat moment. Yeah. Um, all right. Well, uh, I guess I'll give my rating. Um, this is one of those weird ones where it's like, I wish we could... I don't know, we, we could like break down the decimals more or something. Because like, it's not... I don't feel like it's bad enough for me to give it a two and a half but it's not like good enough for me to give it a three um but i'll round up and give it a three just because a three to me also is very representative of like this is just average kind of in one ear out the other it's fine but i don't and i but i i don't hate myself for watching it i'm not over the moon about it it just kind of took time and space and distracted me moderately successfully and so i i would i would give it a three uh 
So I, I don't know. That's where I am. I, I'm kind of with you in that because I think about like if I could give it like a these... 2.8 or something or a 2.9. <laughs> yeah, like... I, I think about all these SRS movies that I own and, and you know, they're they're hit and miss. Right. Obviously. I like this more than Monster Seafood Wars, which I gave a two and a half. But that is a movie that I would probably like more if it were like this one and and weren't that movie's way too long for mm-hmm. what it is and what it the does. The brevity of this movie is refreshing. <laughs> but but I don't like this as much as Attack of the Giant Teacher, which I give a three. There's there's nothing in this that's as delightful as the moment in Attack of the Giant Teacher where um, he's like, I brought my lawyer too, and they have a wrestling match. That part's great, yeah. Um, there's nothing in in here that's as delightful as that to me. Um, but no, ultimately, I was honestly a little bit disappointed. Maybe maybe, uh, ten years from now, I'll rewatch it or something and feel slightly better about it but i'm i'm at that two and a half i just there's nothing super interesting happening here i don't it's a tough act to follow and yeah yeah i don't hate myself for watching it i don't even hate myself for buying it because hey this is a small you know independent filmmaker just trying to do yeah. some things yeah no i i but, I, I like yoka i'm still gonna buy it. stuff from srs his next movie already sounds freaking crazy so <laughs> <laughs> it's a it's a, a ghost cat musical with effects by daisuke sato from howl beyond the fog so yeah, i mean i don't need anything i'm i'm sold already i'm still like the fact that i i was so like eh of this and like i'm still sold on that like you know that's a good thing but so yeah, I'm I'm I just gotta be true to myself. I'm at a two and a half. Yeah, I'm, I, I like it a little less than than Bird, but uh, it's it's kind of meh. It, it took up space, and I'm not sure I'm happy about it. And <laughs> that I watched it, but like it's not aggressively bad or anything. I think the brevity, it it it's it's short enough to where like you watch it and you're like, oh, that was what it was essentially. And so I'm at a two and a half. Uh, for all the reasons you guys have already mentioned. Did anyone watch this guy's uh, octopus short? Was that released? I know it's that a- it, I know that he, I know that it exists, but I don't know. And I, I know that it showed it uh, like in some places in Japan, but I don't know that I know a way to see it. I'd love to, but. there's um. A twelve-minute short on YouTube. All right, we'll 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 have to div- let's table this for the Facebook chat after we record. <laughs> <laughs> I I like how it seems like he's kind of carved out a, a filmography that is kind of about movies in a lot of ways. So I'm I'm curious to see if that continues to be a, a trend or if he kind of diverges and, and does more. Well, uh, what's, is this ghost cat thing? Is that uh? Well, have the, anything to do with the? I mean, the Daya had their whole like ghost cat series, uh, and they don't make them anymore. So I kind of wonder if that's you know one of those similar kind of 
and and it's a musical and musicals are another thing that used to be a huge staple of the film industry and this kind of like petered out so i i, I wonder if this kind of throwback is going to be meta like like that mm-hmm. yeah kevin what's your rating uh i'm gonna i'm gonna give it a three i uh i like watching it i uh want to see what comes next in this guy's career and the you know i'm seeing patterns between this and great buddha arrival a lot of the same people are working Mm -hmm. on both um uh the uh special effects were pretty dang decent yeah for the the budget um i I liked the uh the uh, mammoth nezra design i thought that was great so um yeah good good on them all right um oh okay well let's 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 just do this okay so the next (laughs) (laughs) the the next movie we're talking about is nezula the rat monster an independent horror film from 2002 um whoa 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 whoa. (laughs) so this is a horror movie it's a allegedly allegedly it's a movie i thought this was a comedy I don't know what it was. <laughs> I laughed. I laughed quite a bit. <laughs> <laughs> All right. So ne- ne- I struggled with this one like more. I, I don't know. It's been a while since I've struggled this hard with something. Um, so Nezula, 2002. This is a independent creature feature. Um, that mistakenly all over the interwebs, uh, Hold on, I'll just pull up the uh the because it's it's everywhere. It's a it's a cancer, guys. Um <laughs> So, if you pull up uh you know, pick your your, you know, your movie information hub of your choice. Chances are if you find this movie it will say the following. This was inspired by an unfinished Tokusatsu Kaiju film produced by Daiye called giant horde beast uh nezura um and it incorporated elements of that storyline uh, uh no it didn't <laughs> <laughs> um and uh you know i remember because this was a media blasters release when they were releasing like everything and presumably had more than one crazy person working there um and I remember, I don't know, Monster Zero, whatever, the DVD thread. Oh, there's this Nezula, Nezula rat monster movie. And, you know, it's not hard to... Oh, maybe it, it sounds like someone is maybe taking some ideas here and, and doing something with them. But uh, it's just the name, folks. Nezura, you know, with the interchangeable R and L in Japanese, Nezula. Um, it's just the name, and uh, I, there is no evidence to suggest that it's anything other, otherwise. Um, and that, I mean, the name Nezumi is the Japanese word for mouse or rat. And I mean, what's like the most common, you know, suffix for a monster? You know, it's either ra or don or something. So it's not hard to think, oh, I'm making a rat monster. Of course, it's going to be called this. Um, and that's exactly how the uh, the producer uh, explains it in the in the special features. And yeah, I mean, you can see that in the in the subtitle, you know, in the original 
64 movie. Uh, it's uh, Dai Gunju or Giant uh, uh, Horde Beast. And this one, it's uh, Psycho Ju Tanjo, which is like birth of the strongest beast or something like that. <laughs> so it's yeah, so different. we can go ahead and bust that myth right now. You know, yeah. uh, so any Boss. anyone that <laughs> might run the wikis, there's all kinds of wikis out there. Uh, you know, take note. Um, but uh, so, um, I'd never seen this movie. I remember when it came out, and I immediately lost interest when I heard like, yeah, it has nothing to do with the old Die movie, and also it's not very good. And I was like, okay, well. Pfft. Um, and then Kevin was like, we should talk about this instead uh, of, of just ending the podcast peacefully. And so I was like, <laughs> okay, uh, you know, I guess, uh, you know, fate would have it that I have to watch this thing at some point. Um, so who, who wants to give us the plot breakdown for Nezula, the rat monster? Uh, I refuse. <laughs> All right, I, I can uh, I can bite that bullet. So basically, there is a plague that is uh, going around uh, this city in in Japan. Uh, hence, you have a bunch of scenes at a hospital where an actor who's been in Kurosawa movies uh, treats patients uh, in in scenes that are basically unrelated to the rest of the film. <laughs> and then uh, you have. Uh, your main story, I guess, where in order to get antibodies for this plague, uh, a group of quote American end quote uh, <laughs> military folks are yeah, hold on, are hold on, hold on, hold that thought, Kevin. <laughs> Let's just get this out of the way right now. So one of the two, These... one of the groups of characters are American military people. Okay. And they're speaking Japanese. They oh, and they're all American played by Japanese the, people. Can you do they that? Are, they are less American than than the uh, Frankenstein monster is Caucasian in Frankenstein Conquers the Can World. Can you do that? You can't do that. <laughs> <laughs> well, what's best is when some of them try to speak English, and it, they, they speak worse English than the Japanese character <laughs> that they're yeah. interacting with. Yeah. They also use, the subtitles tells us they use the word Jap, when they're talking to the jet to like well yeah well they yeah. They, 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 they they say racist stuff to each other throughout like the whole first half of the movie so <laughs> also boy like so the one of them is a the one of <laughs> the one of them is, is obsessed with how people would describe the taste of coke yeah what's up with it like why <laughs> that comes up at least three times in this this is, this is 2002. I don't think anybody hasn't tasted Coke at that point. <laughs> Anyways, back yes, to the plot. Pro- proceed. <laughs> yeah, so so they are there with their their uh, scientist uh, to- token token lady uh, screen queen scientist, who in this case is played by the Pink Ranger from Decor uh, from a uh, Time Ranger, and um, they. Uh, they run into a, a Japanese soldier who is also there for this for this purpose, but then they start to betray one another because one of them has a secret mission that this rat was part of a disease um, 
experiment that the U.S. government was carrying out, so they want to just bury the whole thing and kill everybody because that is going to avoid embarrassment for the government. So, you know, there's a lot of conflict there before the monster even shows up. But uh, eventually it shows up, and and then uh, the cast gets kind of whittled down over the course of the movie. Uh, there's a there's a big unconvincing explosion at the end, and uh, I think that's about <laughs> it. What's the deal with that bomb? She like sets it up at the very beginning of the movie, and then why does she set it up? Uh, to bury the whole thing so that. Nobody knows that the U.S. government was doing experiments. Oh, and then and then and then they get they get locked in, right? Yeah. Like, except they don't. <laughs> what <laughs> say? Except for being for being locked in under quarantine, so that you know the the rat doesn't get out. It is so easy to get out. They just like boost a character through a window at one point. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, they, they they get out multiple times. And then she comes back in. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> she goes out to get help, then comes back alone. I, look, th- this movie hits a little different in COVID land, but I can't, like, the, the soldiers are all wearing, like, masks and protection, and the nurses are wearing nothing and hugging on, like, the infected patients. So, of course, she gets sick. Like, I, I just, I don't know. I, it bothered me a little bit. <laughs> <laughs> that part bothered me. And, and the fact that, like, as Kevin said, a lot of that feels like a separate movie, almost unrelated to the main plot. I think if they would have just stuck with the military stuff and kept this, like, at an hour, it would have been significantly more tolerable. In oh, COVID I times, know. I will say the scene where an angry mob just beats the tar out of a scientist for no reason, that that feels accurate. Yeah. Let's say, some of, the, some of the best moments in this movie... In 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 what I think is one of the better comedies I've seen this week, <laughs> happened in this in this disease subplot. Like at the very beginning of the movie, the guy takes his his wife and baby to the like disease control center or whatever it is, and um he gets gunned down on the spot, and they shoot him like fifty eight times. And then he stands back up <laughs> and reaches out with like whatever like baggie or something he's holding in his hands. That made me laugh my ass off. The moment where, yes, the moment where the scientist gets the shit kicked out of her for, for having proof of like the mili- the US military's involvement and her proof is just like <laughs> a note. It's just like a handwritten note. <laughs> that says like the u.s did it (laughs) it's incredible i i it's so bad i laughed at the part where they all start like drop kicking the the one like scientist guy <laughs> or whatever. The girl. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Was it was it a nurse or something? She gets like sucker punched in the face and falls to the ground, and then like an angry mob like just like curb stops. It's her the girl her. bird. It's, it's the part the where girl. the girl shows up and she says, "I've got proof." Yeah, that, that was like, the same part. Oh, yeah, because the, the, they do like a close up on her um her hand, right? 
Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. And um, she says, I've got proof, and her proof is just like a handwritten note on a piece of, like, loose-leaf paper. And what's the span of time this movie takes place in? Two hours. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> Because it's so it's hilarious. Like the two got the American and the Japanese guy that get like locked in that room together. Like they become like best friends <laughs> just from being in a, locked in a room for like a couple hours. Like these guys that hate each other. Like the movie is acting like they've been there for months. But it's 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 almost like um, I you more than one tv show or movie has made this joke but it's like um you know uh a group of characters get stranded in a room and then like there's like a fade out and it fades in on them acting like savages and someone's like wait we've only been here for two hours that's what the, <laughs> that's what it felt like the one guy's having like a heart to heart with them about nine eleven. <laughs> was wife his wife got buried at the pentagon remember and, yeah and then... yeah in the nine eleven attack, they never they never found her body. <laughs> um, and the 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 Nezera monster, I I think looks kind of silly. Also, I don't, I don't. This movie doesn't like. It has a problem where they don't show it enough, and then they show it too much. I realize yeah, this movie I, probably I, I costs like, like five dollars. I'm, I'm a sucker but... for that kind of crap, you know. Uh, it, uh, the the creature designer um, worked on um, Shusuke Kaneko's uh, School of Ghosts movie and um, another Japanese film called Ghost uh, called Up Bugs. Um, and he did some, I don't think he actually worked on Zerum, but did some, like, model type of stuff for it, so. Or Zerum, too. <clears throat> you like how the, um, the American soldier who survives at the end is like, oh, if I go to prison, make sure you bring me some fer- fermented soybeans while I'm in there. He's not racist anymore. Like all good Americans. <laughs> <laughs> do you guys like how they defeated uh Nezla, where like he shoves his arm with a bomb down the monster's throat and like intentionally rips his own arm off to blow him up yes yes then, i did like that <laughs> then he falls on the ground and like there's who's wild uh, what's it's, the it's not what's the deal it, with the the explosives lady who's constantly like trying to lure people to their death at the hands of the rat monster her name is jenny get it right tom Oh yeah, but she's always she's she's constantly like, "I'll show you where the bomb is," and then like locks them in the room. <laughs> she, yeah, well, yeah, because she does. She she wants to blow it up and cover everything up. So there's uh Jenny, Rocky, and I'm trying to <laughs> trying to think of the other names. The only two I can remember at the moment. Did they ever explain what the illness actually like did to you? It killed you. <laughs> it made that one dude like choke on his own vomit. It, that whoever was the foley guy in the sound department on that scene, that someone needed insane. to stop him because <laughs> that was disgusting. Just gurgle the worst gurgling sound, but like for way too long. I feel like we're we're making this movie sound way too interesting because the movie is actually extremely boring. Uh, so I think 
the 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 making of on the DVD is is pretty great. It's it's like a full like sometimes you get these really gruddy special features on on releases, but this is like a forty five like minute long from Genesis to release sort of a uh, thing tracking it. But <laughs> one of the best things about it is they interview people coming out of the theater, and a lot of them are like, "Well, I fell asleep in the first half, uh, but it was okay at the end." <laughs> <laughs> If that's what made it into that featurette, imagine what didn't make it in. The guy that fell asleep made the cut. <laughs> oh, well, and, and, like, lots of responses are like that, you know? Like, uh, one, one guy's like, can I be honest? And they're like, yeah, yeah. He's like, should have either picked the hospital or the lab. You shouldn't have had both. You know, things like that. So. That's amazing. You yeah. Have a, the, the Japanese soldier who's who's the you know the, the his character is also actually japanese um i have to specify because they're all japanese <laughs> <laughs> but but his character is japanese he plays this like this like hardened like battle-tested warrior right and when they're having that moment where like they're you know confessing 9-11 to, to one another he's like this is my second hard combat mission. <laughs> uh, yeah, it, 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 you know what's interesting about that is not only like the guy, like this big nine eleven tr- trauma thing, but also like there's the part where like the guy, the nurse is dying, and the doctor's like, "I love you." I just never said anything before, and it's like the movie tries to be like really heavy, but it's like. In the dumbest, it is very... <laughs> it's in the stupidest movie you can imagine, and it like it's trying to have this like really dramatic like thrust to it, and it's like I don't know. I it, think that the music, the music really plays it up too. Like the constant, anytime there's like a scene with any tension, they amp the tension up. Oh yeah, the score <laughs> is the score is uh, really on the nose. So Kevin. Help me out here, because right? I'm I'm looking at uh, a review on DVDTalk.com, and it, it says that this movie was the an official selection of the Tokyo International Fantastic Film Festival, where it was chosen for that honor based on on the synopsis before any filming was done. Yeah, yeah, exactly. That's the way that that it went down. Was that basically um, the the producer went to AFM uh, in February of that year and was looking to license some some monster movies and then thought, well, we'd only get these licenses for seven years. What if we made a movie and then had it perpetually? So from there, you <laughs> got this this idea because there was some un- uh, some TV series that was in development or something that didn't go through. Uh, to do like rats, uh, and then he he said, "Oh, and then call it Nezla because you know Godzilla, Mothra, Nezla, of course." Um, so then it gets pitched to uh, Tokyo International Fantastic Film Festival, uh, and sight unseen, no script, no cast, anything <laughs> attached. They decide that they're going to feature it. Uh, they go with this unknown, you know, director, put lots of pressure on him to, to make this movie. 
so he's he's basically like this is this is my this is my big breakthrough uh and i have no idea like so like he's he's walking around with like a a sandwich signboard like at the premiere like trying to get people to come to it and stuff like that that's like some um, birdemic <laughs> that's yeah, some yeah. birdemic it was, shit yeah, it was it was on Double Bill with Eight Legged Freaks, and it was like the, the B movie to that. But then oh my God. it's funny because after the movie plays, they have like the the director like the cast everything comes up on stage, and the director says something like to the audience like, uh, "You guys put me through so much stress having to make this movie. I resented you for a long time." <laughs> like, <laughs> yeah, that's how you how you address your audience. <laughs> this review on Amazon. From Sylvia T. Bosarge. Shout out to Sylvia. You know what's sad is she, she th- this person could easily be listening to this. Um, <laughs> <laughs> it says, this movie does indeed, in all caps, prove that it doesn't take millions and millions of dollars just to make a truly awesome film. And with me being a huge fan of the Japanese kaiju ega genre and everything else tokusatsu, I was ex- extremely impressed uh at how well this film was made consider it considering it costs less than three hundred thousand dollars to make and and both the latest trend of godzilla and gamera films have been way on up there in at least the millions everything in nezula the rat monster is top notch the script the acting the monster suit suitmation effects the great music score for the film will completely blow you away it's quite obvious that the other reviewer just isn't a fan of this genre. And if you're not a fan, then more than likely, you probably wouldn't enjoy it. But if you are a fan, then by all means, try to get this one as soon as you can. I hope my review for was helpful. Six was people not. found this helpful. It was not helpful. Someone go correct that review right now. <laughs> I don't know. It sounds like That's this person a real <laughs> Was that like the direct <laughs> purchase of the movie off Amazon? Oh my god! I, this is a movie that I think it, it would have been helped with communal experience because it's so stupid that like you would have had way more fun watching it in a group. I, I think that probably would have... oh, this would this would make a great episode of MST3K or oh, something. Yeah. That would be wonderful. Yeah, I this one I this one's like on like the lower uh this one's like where I would put like a lower tier, not a bottom tier, but a lower tier asylum movie where it's like there's some there's a some WTF stuff that is fun, but overall it's like excruciatingly boring. Like uh I could also see this being as like if I was watching this with a group, we would probably just forget it's on and talk through most of it. <laughs> which does happen sometimes um uh but yeah i i'm i i'm it's 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 very interesting that uh they just gave this they they basic the film festival was just like hey we'll pay for this <laughs> and the guy was like sort of okay with it and did it The um does anyone know okay when the when when they're having their discussion those two guys and they're becoming best buds he says that his team was killed by the Saren 
I assume he's talking like, about the sarin gas attack. Yeah. Uh okay. Subway attack or whatever. Uh oh yeah, yeah, okay. Um anyway, yeah, I I I don't know. I I I struggled with with this movie quite a bit just because uh what it is it's about an hour and a half. Honestly, you could this movie could easily be 45 to 60 minutes and probably be like a more fun like creature feature kind of thing. But uh, yeah. a, a lot of it is just like people locked in rooms and like talking. Yeah. It's yeah. I I I say keep the hospital cut down on all the scenes in the bunker, whatever the hell it is. <laughs> I don't yeah, I don't know where they are. Uh where they're talking. Like keep all the scenes of nurses being shocked that they become infected when they take absolutely no disinfection protocols. Uh <laughs> People getting gunned down and then standing back up because they have something really important to do. <laughs> uh, people running in and just getting the shit kicked out of them for having proof that America did it. And their proof is a handwritten note. <laughs> keep all that stuff. Cut down on the scenes of people talking. And also keep all the monster stuff because there's some really funny stuff with that, too. Like, just like Matt mentioned already when we kind of talked about like the the very ending when (laughs) when he is getting like when he's standing there and they have this like showdown back and forth and back and forth and back and forth like it cuts to like shot reverse shot of the guy and the monster like staring each other down a hilarious number of times and then it also cuts to like a side shot of them just staring at each other and like the number of times that the monster just stands in front of somebody yeah. and waits for them yeah. to react. Yeah, this is the least motivated. So mo- awesome. This is the least motivated monster I've ever seen. It, it just has, it has a great sense of ironic timing too. <laughs> the, the, the part where where that Jenny like thinks it's dead and she's talking to them and it stands up behind her and they're like. Oh, Jenny, let's be friends or whatever. And she's like, no, screw you guys. And they're like, no, come on, let's be friends. And she's like, no, I don't want to be friends. What, however, the whatever the dialogue is, and it waits until they say, oh, by the way, you might want to turn around. And she's like, it's right behind me, isn't it? No, this, there's, there's multiple times where this monster is just standing there like a doofus and like yeah, watching awesome. people talk or like... <laughs> <laughs> and it's like, what are you doing? You're supposed to kill people. Yes, keep all that. And just jettison, like, most of the stuff of people sitting around in the biohazard area talking to each other. But keep everything where the one dude is asking everyone how they describe the taste of Coke. That happens <laughs> a lot in this. That's not even, like, a normal question. I don't... No, it's not. How would you describe the taste of Coke? Like, why? Why do you need to know that? Yeah, I don't understand. Well, he 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 does say 
he has a reason for asking the question. It's a really racist reason. <laughs> um, he says, because you people eat a lot of food that tastes like shit. <laughs> <laughs> huh. Well, Nezula, ladies and gentlemen, uh, I finally watched it. Daisuke Ryu gets a lot of questions about this. You know, like, people are like, so, you were in Kagemusha, Ran, Silent, Dojoe, and Nezula the Rat Monster. (laughs) Yeah, he's like a real person. I mean, I would do that. (laughs) That's like... We would ask him that. That's like... (laughs) If I was... If I was in, like... A stupid movie and i was like a big actor i would i wouldn't like never shut up about it oh that's like people have tons of people have pitched that as an idea for a whole podcast of getting like famous actors and asking them about their like forgotten embarrassing roles um but you know you get your you get your Jennifer Aniston's who will walk off set if you ask <laughs> her about leprechaun leprechaun's not even that bad um or your or your uh your Paul Rudds who are like, Oh, absolutely I'll talk about Halloween six and then his agent is like, No, he will not. <laughs> <laughs> Maybe Martin Scorsese really liked this movie. That's what what got him into silence. That's probably it, yeah. Yeah, it's not his work <laughs> with Akira Kurosawa or uh uh Takashi Miike or <laughs> uh, oh, this guy's in Lord of Illusions. Oh, it's a different Lord of Illusions. <laughs> I was thinking of the Clive Barker movie. Uh, all right, so what do we give? What do we give this? I'm gonna go last because you guys are getting bad. Uh, I knew Kevin loved it. He's going to give it like a five or something. <laughs> uh, I'll go first. I, I w- I'm torn between a one and a half and a two uh, notes that prove the U.S. government created a rat monster. <laughs> I, I'm going on my negative scale on this one. Um, I I laughed a bunch. Like, And yes, there are boring parts and everything, but I was like, I was entertained. It's not something I'd go back to often. Um, and I would, I, I would prefer to have like a, like this, this is the kind of movie that is like the perfect MST or one of those kinds of things, because there are enough lulls where you can make jokes and then also let the movie be the joke on its own with some of the more actiony points. Um, I'm going negative three, which means I was entertained. Is it's almost uh, so bad that it's really good. I'm gonna come in with a one, uh, just because the WTF moments that we all talked about are really amusing uh so it earns that one uh just uh just for the wtf factor uh, but it just too much of this movie was like just it was killing me <laughs> after a while just a lot of walking and talking and 
walking and talking and uh eh, i i just i i I wasn't feeling it at all uh like i said it feels like i've seen a lot of asylum movies i've seen the fun ones and the ones that earn them their reputation (laughs) and uh i would like i said this is like on the lower tier asylum scale um you also watched this on a day where you were told you were being extra miserable so that is true (laughs) this is this is very true um so i am sitting at a one uh lazy and unmotivated killer rat beast Kevin's gonna come come in hot with a four. <laughs> I'm I'm not gonna go that that hard, but uh, I I will agree with a lot of what you're you're saying because it does basically feel like an asylum movie to me. But I am, uh, I'm I'm one of those people that uh, even if you have a bad movie, if you have a a cool monster in it, I will uh, be be generous. So you know, like. When I, when I think, like, yeah, yeah, Project Metal Beast, that's, like, what, four, four and a half, or whatever. So, in this case, I will, um, I'm, I'm, I'm between a two and a two and a half. It's, uh, you know, definitely not one that I will watch often, but I will think fondly of those scenes where the monster is on screen. And I, I love that design, and I uh, would, uh, would buy a vinyl figure of it, anyone who's interested in making one. Yeah, I, I I will I will agree with Kevin. Like, if you're gonna be a bad movie like this, show the monster a lot. Like, you're not. No one's taking you seriously anyway. Yeah. Well, that's <laughs> the thing. I the, this movie wants people to take it seriously with the you know. Well, with the I mean, I love maybe you. Maybe it does, and that's and... what makes me. That's that's why I was so <laughs> enchanted by it because it fails so miserably oh actually daisuke <laughs> ryu got fired from silence because he got uh, he got stopped by immigration in taiwan and he was hammered and he didn't have a his entry form was incomplete <laughs> <laughs> uh well if only those immigration officials had seen nezula they might have you know yeah might have yeah. let him off the hook what a what a tragedy! He loses his nurse and this. <laughs> I'm gonna uh, I'm gonna come in with the hot take and say I'd rather watch Nezula than Nezura. No, I'm not. I'm not doing that. <laughs> not going there. <laughs> um. All right. Well, that's it. Uh, I guess. I guess we're we're done here. We're back though. Um. You know, we usually are we're we usually are off for the most part, aside from some exceptions, November and December. And then Matt and I say in January we're going to start doing things, but we really don't until February because because um, so we're we're back. Yeah. And so we'll you'll be hearing from us more frequently. Matt's Matt's episode of final forum is going to be the next one that is a, your dragon ball podcast right yes well, there you go final forum matt will be on that'll that'll be coming out i think like the 15th i think i think it's the next one that's that's coming up All right, we had so. we brought we brought matt on to help us talk about uh the ozaru and uh how it 
relates to uh, Toriyama's love of kaiju, and we talked about some King Kong stuff. There, there were some consistent misconceptions about early King Kong movies. King Kong appears in Edo, and um, what's the other one? Japanese King Kong. Yeah, just Japanese yeah. King Kong. Yeah. That, uh, that we had Matt come on and help us, you know, kind of clear up so that uh, we were setting the record straight for the Dragon Ball fandom. <laughs> well, so what you're saying gonna... is Dragon Ball Evolution is more faithful to those original uh, movies. Yes, that's exactly what I'm saying. <laughs> uh, I got lost after the King Kong part. Dragon Ball Evolution is a worse adaptation of Dragon Ball than like Godzilla 98 is on Godzilla. And it's not close. That is that is accurate. The the only thing are are, are you familiar with Super Mario Brothers the movie? Yes. That's the only thing that's uh, on the same scale. Yeah, that's fair. Yes, it, it it is on that same scale of it's mind blowing how they got that from how the source get... material. Yeah. Um. I don't know. <laughs> isn't uh one the the producer the kung fu hustle guy? Isn't Stephen Chow? Is it? Isn't he like involved? Wasn't he involved in that? Maybe. Not, I mean, he was he was involved in name. I don't know that he actually did anything. It know, might be one of those things. This is it, it was one of those movies that was so like languishing in in uh what do they call that development hell, hell. The, yeah. development hell i got my brain couldn't think of that where <sighs> he probably did like an early story treatment or something yeah, and they just kept threw him a, his kept name, his on, name on there as a an executive producer yeah, he, or whatever yeah dragon he was ball approached evolution to the, the rating on letterbox is 0. 0.8 <laughs> 0. 0.8 <laughs> All right. Well, I don't think anyone listening here cares anymore. So they might. Let's they might. let's let's wrap this up and show mercy to our listeners, and thank them for being so kind. And um, uh, check us out uh, on the interwebs. And uh, yeah, we'll be we'll be back soon. Adios. Bye. Thank you for listening to the Kaiju Transmissions podcast. Please take a moment to rate and review us on iTunes, Podbean, and Stitcher. Make sure to subscribe for all the latest episodes. You can also check us out on Twitter at KT underscore podcast. You can check us out on Instagram and Facebook at Kaiju Transmissions. And you can email us at kaijutransmissions at gmail.com if you have any questions or comments. And we will see you next time.